Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Welcome back to Big Brave Business. Sarah, how's it going today? I'm doing so good. I say this all the time, but I really mean it. And I hope you know I really mean it. Any day that I get to hang out with you is a good day. Oh, you're so sweet. I love How talking to you. How are you, Amanda? Too. I am good. I'm good. As we record, it is one o'clock on a Tuesday after Columbus Day. And so I had a little bit or Indigenous People Day. I am back from a chill work day yesterday, and I'm excited to dive into our topic today. And I think our audience will think it's interesting, too. Yeah, I I hope that this is going to be one of those episodes that you listen to and you just feel really seen and validated Mm -hmm. because whatever it is that you're thinking and feeling and experiencing regarding your business and entrepreneurship and the ways that it's hard, you are not alone. Absolutely. We talk to so many entrepreneurs. I now coach virtual assistants. And so I hear a lot of conversations about people having struggles and being very candid about common themes that we hear that people are having issues with. And so I thought, why not break them down and discuss them a little bit more, the common themes that we hear from entrepreneurs and what they are struggling with so that you know you're not alone. And these are these are topics that we truly hear from so many people. So if by any means you feel like we're talking about you directly, it's because we literally hear this from a lot of different people. Sarah and I both have a lot of interviews with entrepreneurs and business owners, and it's a common theme for a reason. (laughs) Everybody feels the way that we're going to talk about today, including ourselves at some point or another. So anything you want to add before we dive in? Yeah, I'll say it isn't about you personally. But also it is because we made this for you because we know how it feels. We relate and we understand, but it's not based on any one person that we've talked to. Like we never, ever do that. We never do that. Absolutely. Except when I shared my bad experience on a networking call in a previous episode, (laughs) but that person's not listening. So if you're listening to this, then we would never, ever do that. Yeah. Well, let's dive in and tell me what is the very first thing that comes to mind when you think about what do most entrepreneurs struggle with at some point in their journey? Yeah. So many things jumped into my head when we came up with this topic, and I think they all end up really being related. So we'll see how this goes with distinguishing separate ones. But I'm going to say just point blank revenue, struggling with not having revenue. And I've been hearing this a lot recently from some people that I'm very close to in entrepreneurship, clients and friends who have been struggling with just not making as much money as they want to be making either currently like they need more money or looking back and reflecting as we're coming into Q4 reflecting on 2023 looking at (laughs) what do they want to do in 2024 and just feeling disappointed frustrating and broke and and I feel like 
the first thing that I want to say about that is just if you are feeling like there's not enough money in your business, there's not enough revenue being generated in your business, you're not alone. And we're inundated with these messages of how much money everybody's making all over the internet. And it can feel just so disheartening and disappointing because you really believe like I should be further along than I am right now. Look at all how all these other people are having success. And I know I'm smart and I know I'm talented and I know I have a good offer or several good offers but I'm just not making the money that I wish I was making or there's just not enough money for the things that I want to spend money on or need to spend money on. And it can just be really, really, really disheartening to feel like there's not enough. And then the flip side of that that I want to say is you hear a lot of people talk about revenue, but you don't hear a lot of people talk about profit. So even the people who are bringing in a lot more revenue than you if they really are, because you don't know necessarily unless they're send- showing screenshots of their you know, Stripe account, you don't actually know how much money they're making. So it might not even be true. But if it is true that they're bringing in revenue, it doesn't mean they're profitable. So there's lots and lots of things that cost money in their business and they're spending a lot of money in their business and they are spending money on salaries. They're spending money on coaching programs. They're spending money on systems and software and service providers. And it just doesn't necessarily mean that they have enough money either. So no matter what your revenue level is, if you're feeling like there's not enough revenue, you're not alone. Absolutely. I think that's such a common um, a common thing when you work for yourself. Also in this economy isn't helping anybody out right now. Things are crazy expensive. Groceries are very expensive. Um, it's very common to feel like, why can't I get ahead? I'm working so hard. And that really leads into my first thing that I hear a lot, specifically when I work with contractor um, entrepreneurs, people that work as independent contractors, like a virtual assistant, um, someone that's brought onto a team. Something I hear very often is I don't feel like I am getting paid the amount that I should get paid for the amount of time that I'm dedicating. Mm -hmm. Very common, specifically when people first start out, I feel like people rather bill themselves too low or they've priced themselves too low. And so I really try to encourage specifically virtual assistants that I coach and work with to not be so focused on the amount of time that they're billing, but try to focus on the value that they bring at the end of the day. Um, And if you can really focus on how much value you bring to the team, you're not so obsessed with worrying about the clock. Um, That works specifically for people who are only paid for the amount of hours they work. And I feel like people go into it and they think to themselves, I've got to be a slave to the clock and every single second has to be billed. And what I try to tell people is if you're focused more on the value of at the end of the month when you get ready to bill your client and you look at the amount of time and you know how much work you've done, if it feels unbalanced either way, you need to assess how you're billing your hours. If you're feeling taken advantage of, if you're feeling like you're doing a ton of work and you're making absolutely you know, pennies on the dollar, there's, there's an issue here. And I hear this a lot with virtual assistants, but I also hear it a lot with like graphic designers who bill hourly. It's very common to feel that way. And so you rather need to raise your rate so it feels like it's worth your time, or you need to learn to to bill a little bit heavier and really focus on adding the value so you don't take it feel taken advantage of. You and I have said before that 
we, you and I both have said, we'll work with people that are pains in the ass, but it's going to be worth you being a pain in the ass to me. <laughs> right. Like I'm yeah, going to build, a I'm, there's a price for that, you know? So I think that's something super common and it takes people a while. I know it took me a while to figure out in my business. When I first worked, I was like, gosh, I'm in front of my computer for 12 hours a day, but why do I feel like I've only made, you know, $80? Like you can't live on that. And so figuring out that sweet spot of value to time where you feel like you're not being taken advantage of, the client is satisfied and doesn't feel taken advantage of. It's a very common problem that I think people suffer in silence a lot about and they end up quitting or they're burnout and they wonder why they were the one person who couldn't make working for home or working for themselves actually work. Yeah, that actually feeds perfectly into what I was going to say for my second one. Well, I planned it that way, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the imposter syndrome, the who am I to do this? And I think when things feel hard, (laughs) which is often (laughs) when things feel hard, we start to question Am I even cut out for this? What am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? Why don't people want what I have to offer? Why don't people want to work with me? Why is this so hard for me? Why was it easy for everyone else? Just basically why. Why is this hard? (laughs) Why is this hard? Why is it slow? Why isn't it fulfilling all of my dreams and desires and just satisfying all of the problems? (laughs) Like why? And when you really carry it through that far, then it kind of answers itself, right? Like, of course, this isn't a magic pill to solve all of your problems in life, to be an entrepreneur or to run a business. Of course, it's going to bring all of its own challenges and its own hardships, but also all the challenges and hardships that you have in general in life are still going to happen to you. You're just also now an entrepreneur. So it isn't a magic pill that just like uh, to kind of do a callback to our kind of capitalism slash religious trauma series it's not gonna solve capitalism it is capitalism so it just feeds more into all of the same things so that imposter syndrome is so normal and we all feel that and what's been really interesting with the conversations we've had over on big brave business is how many people have expressed those thoughts those kind of thoughts about um being critical of themselves, being insecure about themselves, feeling like, who am I to do this? Or I'm faking it and people are going to notice or nobody wants to work with me. This happens at all levels of revenue. So even people who are multi seven figure earners still have these thoughts and still have these feelings that come up for them. And, um, and basically I, I mean, at the risk of sounding so millennial, like hear a special snowflake type of talk you are you do have a lot to offer and 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 I would say you're not a special snowflake from the standpoint of there's nothing about you that somebody else couldn't also offer their own version of what you offer that most likely what you do is not rocket science right like <laughs> there are other people who can do that same work but You are as smart and talented as you wish that you were. You are. You are. And it it also strikes me as so interesting to me when I tell clients, when I hear their episodes and I'll say like, this was such a good episode. 
gosh, you're just so smart or you're brilliant. This what you do such brilliant work. And I've had clients literally say to me, like, nobody's ever said that to me before, or I never feel that about myself. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's my whole impression of you is that you're smart. Like right. you're so smart at what you know a lot about and you know a lot about many things. So whatever you do for your business or your service, you are smart and talented. You really, really are. So your revenue might not make you feel that way. Your social media following, like the number might not make you feel that way. The size of your email list might not make you feel that way. The number of clients in your book of business may not make you feel that way. There's so many things that we can look at to say like, this is all the evidence that I'm not good enough, but you are absolutely smart and talented and just keep going. I love it. So true. I think my second most heard from entrepreneurs is um, work-life balance is hard. And I think what I would say to that, and this is a short and sweet one, is it's everything is a season. I think people get so bombarded with the thoughts of, oh my God, it's always going to be this way. Oh my gosh, I'm never going to come out from underneath this mountain of work. Well, yes, you are. Of course you are. Life goes on, time moves on, everything is a season. I'm not going to tell you it's a short season. I will tell you that it's been two years that I have now been working for myself full time and just the last four months of it have actually been stress-free. Just the last two months have I started putting my computer away and not working weekends. Like (laughs) to everything there is a season and I'm so happy that I stuck it out. Um, I feel like there are so many people that get into working for themselves and they're just like, I got out of working in corporate or I quit my last job. So I'd have more work-life balance. And now all I do is work and I'm just working for myself. And to that, I'm like, it's only a season. Like if you're lucky, you're going to stick with this if you choose to. And it's going to be the most incredible thing that you've ever done for yourself. You're either going to grow to the point where you bring on a team or it's going to fizzle out. And like, enjoy the fact that you're busy. That's my, always been my thing is trying to yeah. find the joy in being busy and being like, I remember being stressed out when I, I'll say this, when I was getting ready to leave corporate and I told Drew, my husband, that I wanted to um, do this full time. His only concern was, what if you lose a client? Like, are you going to be able to like have steady income? And I have so thankful that that has never been an issue for me. I have never once been, I have never once said, oh my God, I'm panicking. I don't have enough clients. Have I panicked because I have too many clients? Yes. Um, But I've never once complained about not having enough. And I think if you go into it being grateful and having an abundance mindset of this is wonderful, this is everything I ever hoped for, and this is only a season Um, it becomes a lot more manageable in your mind and more joy filled. And I wish more people, when I talk to VAs who are like, oh my gosh, I'm just working all the time. I'm like, enjoy it. Cause guess what? It won't always be this way for good or for bad. It will not always be this way. So try to embrace the time that you can. I'm not saying that you should dedicate two years to your business like I did and just work your tail off for two years. I'm not saying that that's a good fit for everybody in their mental health, but I am saying it worked out for me. And I'm glad that I hung out, hung in there as long as I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you did too. (laughs) And I love hearing the ways that you have been able to set boundaries in your business and your life in recent months and how much of a difference that's made for your mental health. And Mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's been fun to watch you grow and evolve as somebody like cheering for you always from the sidelines, you you know, so that's been a lot of fun. So the third and final one that I'm going to share in this episode for the things that we hear entrepreneurs struggling with is like a laundry list of I have to, I need to, and normally those statements are followed by something that either is popular business advice online or that a coach directly told them they needed to be doing. I need Mm -hmm. to be posting on social media more. I have to get better at going live. I need to show up on stories more often. I have to get better at sales. I have to get better at talking about myself, whatever it is. And it's this constant barrage of not just being critical of yourself, but simultaneously pointing out all the things that you aren't doing but maybe you wish you were doing or that somebody t- made you feel like if you were doing this, then your business would be working. And I think I am constantly pushing back against on those statements with people, both clients and friends in business, where it's like, first of all, posing the question of who says, who mm-hmm. says you have to. Mm-hmm. And second of all, you may feel like you have to, but is it actually that you have to? Or is it that you think if you did, something would happen? And the flip side of that is, do you want to? <laughs> do yeah. you want to do that? And and like one thing that I posted about on Instagram slash threads recently-ish, in the past couple months, is that I saw some threads going around where people were talking about how you need to show up on social media and they were social media managers talking about it. And I made my own post. I did not engage in that conversation because I didn't feel like that was going to go in a good direction. But I made my own post just saying, I post on social media how and when it feels good to me. Mm -hmm. And I am throwing out the rule book of this is how I have to show up. Now, I know if I show up consistently, if I post at certain times of the day, if I show my face on stories, if I talk about things in certain ways that I'm going to get better results from social media. But I don't want to run a business that's dependent on me showing up on social media in a way that feels awful to me. And it's not that I'm criticizing people who show up on social media because it's a huge opportunity for entrepreneurs and influencers. It's like a huge opportunity. And if that feels good to you, then it'd be leaving money on the table not to show up. But we are big fans around here at Big Brave Business of not spending time in pl- or energy on places or people who make you feel like shit about yourself. And social media kind of makes me feel like shit about myself. So, and I know it's a me thing. I know that. But like showing my face on stories and making video content makes it drains me of my energy and I watch it back obsessively criticizing all the things about myself. That's not productive. That's not a productive use of my time. Mm-hmm. Do I think that anybody else cares as much as I do about the things I'm critical of? Absolutely not. I know that's a me thing. I know that's a me thing. But if that's what it does to my energy, I don't need to spend time on that, right? So now I know, and I want to be really clear about this, video content works. 
Video content works. You can get great results from doing video. There's a huge amount of opportunity doing video content. And if you love making video content, then that's wonderful. Also, you don't have to make video content just because there's opportunity there. And that's a really big distinguishing factor. So that's just one example. There's 10,000 examples of statements. I hear people say all the time, I have to do this. I need to do this. I need to just get better at this. I need to just start doing this. I need to be consistent with doing this. I know what I really need to focus on is this. And it's like, is that what you want to focus on? Yeah. Oh, so good. And I'm I'm so so similar to you. I feel like I used to post on social media so much more. Part of my goal for 2024 is to post more and be more consistent. It does give me anxiety though. Like for some reason there I could post for other people all day long. For me, it just gives me this like just overwhelming sense of dread. Like I don't want to see how many people are going to see it, how many they're not going to see it. I'm hypercritical of myself. Um so I've just I've recently started posting like behind the scenes of my camera roll unfiltered something about not feeling the pressure to like put a filter on it's like oh it's a cute picture of me like I, I'm just kind of past that I think it gives me so much anxiety so I think to your point showing up how you want to show up and you know what makes you feel good is the most important thing another thing that I hear quite often is that Nobody is going to want to work with me when there are so many people that do what I do. I feel like there's so much pressure. I actually had someone very close to me recently, Sarah. I don't think I've even told you this. Tell me that they wouldn't consider you and I to be entrepreneurs. What? That they they took a entrepreneur to mean like someone who's like who goes on Shark Tank, who has like a brand new product. I'm like, well, that's an inventor. Oh. Like, but I was like, I consider an entrepreneur to be someone who works for themselves, like in any capacity, like any capacity. I think it's really easy for people to get in their own heads because there are so many people working for themselves now that they have to, they feel pressure to put a label on who they are, what they do, their role, what they, like what they bring to the table. And this all, I think kind of encapsulates everything we've talked about in this episode is there is plenty of room for everyone at the table. And, um, I I just want to hug so many VAs that I talk to that are like, oh, there's like 12 different social media managers that they're interviewing for this position. And I really want it. And I'm like, well, you maybe then you'll get it. And if you don't, then it wasn't meant for you. And that's one thing that I would say is that I've been turned down from clients that I've really wanted to work with. It's happened Mm -hmm. to all of us. But I've also been turned down by people that I would never want to work with or I've gotten. Mm -hmm. And then I within two months, I'm like, oh, my God, why did I take this client on? So I'm a big believer in what is supposed to happen is going to happen and what's supposed to come your way is going to come your way. And I think it's really important to go into it with that mindset of just like releasing all your expectations into what it means to work for yourself and don't don't like everything's going to rise and fall. It is like business is like a tide. It's going to come in. It's going to come out. It always it's cyclical. It will always come around. Something will always come your way and you will end up looking back in six months and laughing at yourself about how ridiculous you were that you were so stressed out about business, about clients, about how you worked, about how you came off on a certain call. None of that will matter. None of it will matter in six months. I guarantee you. But be willing to to like ride it out. I think that would be my biggest thing. Like 
be patient with your business. It's just like a baby. Like it's growing up on its own stages. You're going to have the first couple of years where it's teething and it's pooping itself and it's trying to figure it all out. Then you're going to deal with the teen <laughs> years where you're like taking no shit and having an attitude about your business. And then one day you're going to be an adult and you're going to have a business that's fully functioning on its own. And you're going to miss those days where you didn't know anything about business. So it's my convoluted way of saying since everything is a season, Sarah. I love that. And I um, I feel like I really hope that this episode is helpful for you listening to know that these are things that like pretty much everybody in business feels and is up against. And it's not it's not you. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not the problem. And so I really hope that's helpful. That's one thing that's really important to us around here with Big Brave Business is feeling like we're having the real conversations about what it's actually like to be doing business, but also that you feel like you have friends here, that you feel like you can have conversations with friends in business with us. So um, before we get into where you can find us, I'm wondering, Amanda, can we wrap up real quick because we haven't done this in a while? Just one thing that's making us happy this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, What's absolutely. One thing that's making you happy this week. Oh, I got it. I got this. I talked about it on my Instagram, but I'll share again here. If you, as you may have learned, I love scary, spooky movies. It is scary, spooky season. The fall is always a good time to watch scary movies. A24 is a movie production company that has just really creative films. But I watched one recently. I texted Sarah and told her recently that she had to watch it immediately. But it is the horror film Talk to Me. It is so good. It is so creepy. It is so well thought out. It's thought provoking. The character development is there. The acting is insane uh, how good these people are. Um, I found myself cringing, hiding, (laughs) like jumping. It's so good. There's no cheap thrills. It's very, like I said, very well thought out. And you'll fall in love with the characters. You'll root for the characters. And it's just such a beautiful film. It's definitely my new favorite horror movie. Um, It's called Talk to Me. You can rent it on Apple TV right now for like $5. It's the perfect movie to watch this scene this season. Do not watch it alone. Had I been alone, I probably would have been super scared. Um, But it's all about, I don't even want to tell you what it's about. Just go watch it and then come tell me if you love it or not. Sarah, what's making you happy? I love that. So many things. And now I'm like kind of kicking myself for saying pick one. Okay. So I'm going to say uh, I mean, we've been talking a lot about networking. That definitely is making me happy. I'm enjoying networking. But since we already talked quite a bit about that on this podcast, I'll say um, recently my so my stepson, my middle stepkid, I have three stepkids. If you did not know this, kids, that sounds weird because they're adults. I have three step adults. <laughs> and my middle, my middle step son he's 21 and he moved in with his girlfriend they got an apartment they got an apartment um late summer and so it's been a process moving and getting it all set up and getting furniture and everything like that but we had dinner over there because they're all settled in now and they hosted dinner for the family we do a weekly family dinner together on monday nights normally the family comes to us but this time they hosted because their apartment has really come together and it's beautiful and um and they cooked us dinner 
and for the family. And it was so lovely to just see them in their element and their little home and to watch them, how they interact together. And just um, they make me happy to see how happy they are together and how well they treat each other. And there's just something so strange and cool about your kids growing up and then hosting you in their home is just really wild and beautiful so that was very fun and I loved it that's so sweet it's very similar to mine my oldest stepdaughter got their first house and we went to go visit them and they're so proud they're like talking about dishwashing detergent I'm like it's so cute listen at you listen at you so I definitely feel your age right uh 22 and 23 yeah, yeah, and and my my stepson that I was talking about is him and his, he and his girlfriend are twenty one and twenty two. So yeah, so cute, like little babies becoming adults. No. So cute. I know. Well, I know. we want to hear what's making you happy this week, and if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to come over and meet with us at Big Brave Business on Instagram. You can find me Amanda at Amanda Nelson Reads, and you can find Sarah at Sarah K Heater. Do not forget that we have YouTube episodes that come out every single Wednesday. They're totally brand new content. They are rapid fire questions with people that we just absolutely love and admire. And it's fun stuff, I promise. Nothing boring. So go over to at Big Brave Business on YouTube and let us know what you think. And we'll talk with you next week. See you next week. 